You are listening to DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. I'm Edward Looney. On DNA Discoveries, I've helped people tell their stories of finding family. The very name of the podcast, DNA Discoveries, has meant that I share stories of finding family by autosomal DNA test kits. I had the opportunity, though, recently to pre-screen a new movie called Life Mark, which captures the story of David Scotton, and will be in theaters for a limited release beginning September 9th. His story is not one related to DNA test kits, but a desire as an adoptee to meet his biological parents. Adoption is near and dear to my heart because my mother was put up for adoption in 1966, and we tried to find her birth family as well. I'm honored that David is joining me today on DNA Discoveries to share his story of finding family. So thanks so much for joining me, David. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now tell me a little bit. Uh, so you've been adopted. You were adopted right from birth. Uh, and I'm curious because I think this is something that happens at some point as an adoptee grows up. They learn that they were adopted. And honestly, I wish that I knew when my mother found out. I, I don't know the answer to that. And she's deceased, so I can't ask her. But at what age did you find out you were adopted? And maybe how did you learn about that? Oh, my family was very open about the fact that I was adopted um, from the from the very beginning. Adoption was something we celebrated every year. We celebrated Adoption Day, and it was like a second birthday for me. Um, my grandparents would go and they get a you know a happy birthday card. They scratch out the birthday and they put Adoption Day, hmm. and so that was something we really cherished and really um, celebrated and talked about openly. And I think that was very positive for me growing up. But even though we celebrated in the house, I, I, I didn't really want people to know that I was adopted um, outside the house. It made me feel different, made me feel like I didn't fit in. And a lot of that was caused by others' misconceptions on this issue. Um, you know, for example, I, I get asked, well, what was it like to what, what's it like to, to not know your real mom or your real dad? And that terminology is really, really hurtful because my real mom, my real dad are my parents, Jimmy and Susan Scott. And in my situation, that's different than my biological mother and my biological father. Um, so even though we celebrated in the house, it was those questions and stigmas that kind of really hindered me from, from wanting to share that outside of the house. And one of the things that comes out in the movie Life Mark, and also I had the chance to watch the documentary that kind of inspired Life Mark. I lived on Parker Avenue. And the birth parents, your birth mom and dad, sometimes they commented on the fact of, I wonder if he hates us because of what we did that, you know, does he not like us because of giving him up for adoption? So, as you were growing up with this knowledge, celebrating Adoption Day, uh, what what were your feelings about your birth parents? I was always thankful for them. Um, I, you know, all we had growing up, we had a picture and that was about it. We didn't have any identifying information. We didn't have any, um, any other pictures. And so periodically, you know, I'd wonder who they were, but it was kind of like this thought that came into my mind and this kind of went out the other way after I thought about it. Cause I, I had a good life and, and I love my parents, my grandparents. And I was always so thankful for my birth parents, even though I didn't know who they were. Um, I never really thought about needing them um, because I was, I knew my life and, and um, at the time didn't feel a need to, or desire to, to want to meet them. And um, that was about it. 
um, obviously things have changed and, and we got in touch with my birth parents um, when I was 18 and we planned the meeting and that's what I live in Park Avenue is. It shows our meeting with them. And when I had the, one of the most humbling experiences in my entire life uh, of meeting her, meeting my birth mother and my birth father and saying, thank you. Thank you for leaving that abortion clinic so many years ago. And thank you for giving me life. You, you allowed me to live. And so when, when I met them and they expressed sentiments that they worried that I hated them, I, I was shocked because I certainly never had any negative sentiments about them because they'd only been positive. I, I knew the circumstances they were in and I knew that they made a tough decision in tough circumstances. And so I've just always been so appreciative for their decision. So when your family showed you that picture, you just referenced, you only had a picture, you didn't know their names, where they were from, anything like that, but you simply responded in the movie, they look nice or something like that. So after seeing that picture, did you ever have dreams about them? Did you ever think about where they were or what they were doing at any precise moment? Um, yeah, I think, I, I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, I saw that picture and I guess seeing that picture and being satisfied in that moment, you know, when I said they look like nice people, that's how I would describe each of the instances where I did wonder who they are, right? It's like a random moment that somehow gets triggered at the most random of times. I, I, I actually found that I actually thought of those moments when I was on family vacation, when I was having such a fun, amazing time with my family. At those times, I believe are, are the most frequent times when I would think about my birth parents. And it wasn't like it was that frequent. It was just very random and spontaneous. And it wasn't a, you know, a lasting thought. It was just the, wow, like I, I'm so lucky to have this. And I know I have this because of my birth parents. Uh, even a passing thought, as you're mentioning, you know, you could be on that family vacation and you could have your birth parents right there and you would have no idea that they were there. Not that that ever happened, but that could have been one of the thoughts you had. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I guess you never know. I mean, maybe that did happen. Who knows? You know? Well, your adopted parents had two other children uh, due to a genetic disease. They passed away. And so I, I guess I'm curious because adoption is very helpful in that way uh, for couples who really are having a hard time to conceive and want to form a family of their own. But sometimes a, a child that grows up in that situation might feel like they're living in the shadow of that. Was that anything you ever felt or dealt with? Oh, uh, no, absolutely not. Um, my, I, I knew how, how blessed my parents felt to have me. And um, I never felt like I was in their shadow. I mean, we, you know, I'm just touched that, that adoption allowed our family to be a family. Um, so I never once felt like I was, you know, I never, never had a negative sentiment about that in any way. Sure. Now, your birth mother then updated her information with the adoption agency because she thought maybe you're older now and you would have questions, possibly even wanting to reach out to meet them. So your family finds out that she updated this information, tells you that, and then eventually, it wasn't right away, but eventually you say, well, I think that I want to befriend them and I want to go meet them at least. Uh, what motivated you finally to do that? And what was it finally like to, to meet them and to embrace them? Uh, it, was, it's, um, it was surreal. I mean, 
you know, we, we, we knew their names growing up. Like I knew it was my birth mother was Melissa and I knew my birth father was Brian and we had the picture. And it wasn't until I was 18 that we got a call from the law firm that facilitated my adoption saying that my birth mother was interested in an update. And because I was of legal age in Indiana at the time, I could respond, yes, I'd love an update and that we could establish contact that way. So when we got that message from the law firm, my family and I wrote letters to Melissa that first went to the law firm and then were delivered to Melissa uh, updating her on her life and sending some pictures of, of me and my family. And in my letter, I had asked Melissa if she had Facebook and if she did, she could add me on Facebook if she liked. And um, at the time, you know, I just kind of wrote that and I, I guess I was hopeful she would, but it, you know, it, it, it was so, it, it was so shocking when she actually did add me on Facebook because it was such a, such a big moment in our life and she added me on facebook and started started communicating and i realized that and i learned that i have a full-blood biological sister whom i never met and then i learned about my birth father and got in touch with him on facebook as well and we really we communicated solely through facebook she didn't even have my phone number um for a full year maybe a little more than a year and because I, I wasn't ready to meet yet um it, she was ready to meet right away, but I just wasn't ready yet. And about a year later, I, I felt comfortable enough with the idea. And, and um, you know, she just flouted asked me again if I, if I would want to meet. And I said, you know what? Yes, I would. Because this woman allowed me to have life. And once, I, 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 once that, that, that thought went into my brain, you know, I was like, this is an opportunity to say thank you. I, I need to meet her and let her know that her decision was right, that she made the best decision she could and allowed me to live and allowed my family to have family. And if that, and if meeting her can any way, you know, reaffirm that to her, we had to do that. And so we went up there and thankfully Louise and I to life had a great idea to have it filmed. So there's a unique documentary that shows our, our, our meeting for the first time. And um, it's called I love the Parker Avenue. And now that's a resource for people to, to see what the adoption option is like, to see the truth of adoption, to see the positive and the negative of it, because it is not, it is not a perfect solution. It has its, it has its problems. And you see that you see my birth mother, you know, visibly struggle with her decision. I believe she still struggles with the decision, but she knows that it was the right decision. And that's just kind of the beauty of, of what we were able to do is, is to meet her and, 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 and say, thank you. Why do you think it was important to capture the story and to really follow you in this meeting? And I'll tell you, just the way they portrayed it on the movie Life Mark, when you ran to meet your mother, you know, in this motion picture, I, I had a little emotion. I had maybe a tear or two. It was such a beautiful <laughs> moment to see. I hope so. Yeah, I love it. So to document this, it, it was important, you thought, because of adoption and helping other people maybe come to understand the process it, it, is that fair to say yeah. that yeah we wanted it to you know it was such a unique opportunity to, to show what adoption is and to have a resource because you know and i've been involved in the right to life movement for a while now and a lot of it is being anti-abortion which is which is great but you know we need to give a solution and adoption is a solution to a crisis pregnancy and that's what my birth mother's solution was. And I don't believe there are enough resources out there to talk about the adoption option, to show the adoption option, and to give people a tool 
to say, hey, wow, this th- this is what adoption is, and this is what it can do, and this is how beautiful it is. I mean, look at this birth mother and this birth son meet for the first time. This is powerful stuff, and he almost didn't have life because she was in an abortion clinic and almost went through with an abortion, and that's how that's what adoption is. It's, it's a solution um, that that we need to be talking about now more than ever. You met your biological mother then, you had that time, you made that journey, and everything of that nature. And in the movie, you go skydiving. Is that something that really happened? It is. Um, and you'll see the skydiving scene, too, and I live in the Parker Avenue. She she wanted to do something memorable, memorable with me uh, while I was there. And she'd always wanted to go skydiving. She had never been, I had never been. She brought it up. And sure enough, I, I was like... I, yeah, I guess so. Um, and so we went skydiving and actually went. And it was, um, I'm trying to think the right word to describe it. I'm not sure I'd do it again. <laughs> it was scary. Uh, but but I'm glad we had that, that moment together. You mentioned just a few minutes ago that you found out that you had a full biological sister, which means that your birth mom and dad, that they had another child. Obviously, as one can tell from the film, they went their separate ways. They had a marriage or a relationship with someone else. Uh, But you have that sister, and you were really an only child growing up. So what was that like to learn of having a sister and and then beginning that relationship of getting to know her? Oh, it was surreal. I think I use that word a lot because that's really the only word to describe it. Um, I grew up an only child. I always wanted a sibling. So when I found out that I actually did technically have a biological sibling, uh, it was just exciting. I mean, I remember being excited, almost more excited to meet her. Um, I was excited to meet everybody, but that was particularly exciting um, just to see how she is, see who she is, um, and, and get to know her a little bit. So that was, that was particularly fun and exciting for us. That's great. And I'm wondering, you know, is there still a relationship today? Uh, what is the extent? So you go, you meet the family, you meet your mom, your dad, your sister. Do you text often? Do you call each other? Do you spend holidays or special occasions together? Yeah, so so the point of this meeting was really to, to, to meet them for the first time and say thank you. And I, I knew that my birth mother, and we've, we've talked openly about this, um, I knew that my birth mother wanted more of a relationship. Um, and, and to me, it's important to have a relationship with her, but to remember that she's not my mother. My mother is Susan Scott. She's my birth mother. And that's a, that's a big difference. Um, and so we, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas together, but we keep in touch and, you know, it's mostly, um, texting and, and Facebook messaging. And, um, you know, we went up there to see them. And then later that year, or maybe the year after they came down to New Orleans where we live and they got to see what our lives were like. So, so we got to see what their lives were like. They got to see what our lives were like. And now Melissa and I have crossed paths numerous times. That's my birth mother um, on the speaking circuit, sharing our story. So we've actually shared our story together numerous times. Um, and that is really powerful when, when we're able to do that. Yeah, I could only imagine because you have both the witnesses, you know, you have the mom and then you have you and she shares what it was like and you're sharing um, how grateful you are. And that's something you've said over and over again. I was, I'm just really grateful uh, to have the life that I've had and that, that her decision for adoption 
to to put you up for adoption was uh, a blessing for you and and now to be able to reconnect and to do that is a powerful message for people to hear absolutely couldn't agree with you more so your documentary short uh, i lived on parker ave is available online i actually watched it last night and now you have this motion picture life mark uh, so kirk cameron was one of the people behind the movie what inspired the motion picture? Did somebody come to you and say, can we tell your story on the big screen? Yeah. So uh, my mom and I, and meaning my, my adoptive mother uh, spoke at an event in California. I think it was Fallbrook, California. And someone there had known Kirk. And so we spoke, we talked about the documentary, we talked about her story and whoever that was. And I still don't know who it was sent the link to our, of our documentary to Kirk and you know, Kirk didn't watch it at first. <laughs> he, you know, he gets sent so many things. He just kind of was like, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I have too much to do. Thankfully, his wife, Chelsea, watched the documentary and said, Kirk, you, you really have to see this. And so she made him sit down and watch it. And he's in his kitchen crying, um, just falling in love with the story. And that week he called me and I, I didn't have his number saved. I didn't know, you know, I had never talked to him before. And he called from a California number and I answered it. And I remember it distinctly because it was such a big moment in my life. He says, David, it's Kirk Cameron. And I'm, on, I'm going like, oh, um, hey, how's it going, Kirk? And he says, David, I saw your documentary. This has got to be a full length movie. How can we make that happen? And that started the, the past three years of just excitement. Um, he got the Kendrick brothers involved and, um, ultimately made our story into a movie you know then he called melissa and everyone else involved and um it, it was it's just so exciting and now to see you know we were actually we actually had the honor of going on set and seeing certain scenes be filmed and one of the scenes we saw filmed was the reunion scene when my family and i drive off to my birth mother's house and and we have that hug that's so emotional in the documentary so we actually saw actors recreating scenes that we lived. Mm. So it's not even the real things, right? I mean, they're reenacting moments that we experienced and then saw over and over and over again on the documentary. And so to now see it almost verbatim uh, in movie format is just surreal to us. I mean, it's just like God is taking the story and, and again, using it now through a different form to impact even more people on the power and beauty of adoption. Well, the movie has a very subtle pro-life beginning. The very idea of adoption is a pro-life thing, right? You know, to choose life, to put up a child easily as your parents were at an abortion clinic. That could be a choice someone could make. But it has a very strong pro-life ending. In fact, the PR company that I work with, they told me, you know, this is a pro-life film and there's a twist at the end or something like that. And that was where they brought in the whole abortion clinic and choosing life and all of that, a very strong message there. So obviously here on DNA Discoveries, there might be some people who are not pro-life. There are some people who are pro-choice. And I'm wondering, why would you recommend a pro-choice person to go see the film regardless of their views on abortion? Right. That's a good question. Um, look, adoption is a beautiful choice, and that's why I'm here today. I'm here on this podcast because of adoption. Adoption allowed me to have life and, and build our family. And this movie, Life Mark, you know, people are going to say it's pro-life. And, and, you know, in a way it is, but in, you know, this movie is really pro-adoption. 
and the adoption movement is so much broader and, and, and bigger. And to me, um, so important. And now adoption is, is, is I think going to be a more utilized option and we need to be able to talk about it. We need to be able to, to destigmatize the adoption option. Uh, we need to be able to use the right terminology of adoption. Um, and we just need more resources to be able to talk about it. And this movie is a resource. This movie shows the emotions of a birth mother. It shows the emotions of a birth father, the adoptive parents, and the adoptee. All three, all three parties of the adoption triad in one movie. And so it's a lot. And it's, it's so uh, emotional. And, and, and it shows what adoption is. And that's, that's so important to me. That's so important uh, of an issue to be talked about. And so this movie, I, I certainly would not characterize it as a pro-life movie, although some people are. Um, it's, it, it's about adoption. And that's why, I, who would have thought a movie on adoption would be able to reach um, you know, national, international audiences and theaters? Um, so we just, this is so promising. And I hope that people will go see it regardless of religious denomination, regardless of pro-life or pro-choice affiliations. I hope they go see it and see it as an adoption movie. And I think that's something important to bring out because it is your adoption story, as you've mentioned, and abortion happens to be a part of that story. The, they could have followed anybody else and told an adoption story, and maybe that wouldn't have been a factor, but they found your story, and it's a part of it. And so it is an adoption story. So I think that's a, a very strong right. point to bring home. So thanks for bringing that out. And, and look, I appreciate the question because, look, there are so many pro-life movies out there. And some of them are, um, you know, some of them are a little gruesome and that's, that's good for some audiences. You know, that certainly turns off a a good bit of audience as well. This is not that movie, right? I mean, this is a, this is a pro adoption movie. And so I, 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 it's not like those previous pro life movies at all. Um, so I hope people will give it a chance and I hope people will go see it and share adoption. Definitely. So the movie is Life Mark. It is coming out in theaters on September 9th. It's a limited release. I believe it's only going to be out for a week. Sometimes the box office, though, might dictate it might have an extended release after that. But uh, at least for now, just one week. And it tells the story of David Scotton, who has joined me today to share his story of adoption and his story of finding his family, that it was through adoption and then Uh, His birth mother, updating the record, beginning contact, meeting the birth mother, and then also meeting his biological sister. You know, one person we really haven't talked much about is your father, your biological father. And in the movie, there was some resistance, um, at least on his end at first, about meeting, but then slowly warms up to the idea. So what was... You know, were you disappointed that there was reservation on his end, or how did you receive that? And and ultimately, you went and met him. And so, what was that like? I love that question because the birth father is often not talked about in um, these kind of situations, and the birth father was an equal voice in the decision for adoption. And so, I, I never had any negative sentiments um, about his uh, original hesitation to meet. Um, because I didn't expect anything from them. Uh, I was just always grateful for them. I just wanted to say thank you. And if he wasn't ready for that or didn't want that, that, w- that would have been okay with me. Um, 
Uh, I hope that that he would have, you know, he was going to come around, and he did. He had some hesitation because his his mother had had some. Um, I believe she was adopted, and 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 actually she, yeah, she was adopted, and then she had some kind of uh, underlying negative sentiments about that. And Brian really thought I I would hate him for that decision, and that's what he had thought for two decades. So when Melissa first started contact with me and then we, uh, you know, started contact with him, he was a little apprehensive. You know, he wasn't sure that that he was going to want to meet because he, he really thought I hated him. And I'm just glad he, he gave it a chance because I certainly did not. And I, I'm so glad that he was able to sit down with me and I was able to say thank you. And you could see him visibly um, just as it was like a layer just peeled off because as he had been holding this in for so long. And so he had grappled with that decision and, and, and really didn't tell his family until a few weeks before we met. So this is, that had really been an issue for him for a long time. So I'm glad that, that we were able to meet and, and peel back that layer. And now I think all of us are just so much uh, more content with that. If someone out there is an adoptee and maybe they've not found their birth parents, what word of encouragement could you give to them in their search? And maybe if, Maybe someone's listening and they gave up a child for adoption. So what would you say to them? So both to an adoptee and then to a, a birth parent who gave a child up. To the to other adoptees, um, I, you know, I, I've had the honor of, of meeting so many other adoptees to this documentary in our life, Mark, and to do Q&As around the country and have other adoptees stand up and say how this film has impacted them and now how life, Mark, has impacted them. Um, and not all adoption experiences are positive. If anything, I've seen a lot more negative than positive experiences. And for me, I mean, I just, I, I, I try to talk to them about how, you know, their birth mother chose life for them and their birth father chose life for them. And that's, that's beautiful. And even though there may be some underlying, you know, issues there and, and, you know, it, it's hard to answer that question because it really depends on, what's going on, right? I mean, there may be, there may be birth mothers or birth fathers not wanting to meet or vice versa. And um, I would just say, you know, appreciate having life. And, and that's, that's their role that their birth mother played for them. And uh, some birth mothers don't want to meet and some chose confidential adoption. And I, I actually dealt with that issue um, in the state legislature here. And that option needs to be respected too, as tough as it is. Um, so it really depends on the type of adoption and what the underlying you know issue is. But I'm just thankful to have life, and I have life because my birth parents chose it. And um, to all the birth parents, I, I just want to say, you're brave. You you are courageous. Your adoption decision, those decisions are tough. Those decisions are hard. And um, if you were like my birth parents, uh, in a way, a much easier decision would have been to have an abortion. And they chose life, and I am just always thankful for them. And uh, I hope that, that that message will be conveyed um, in an exciting, humbling way through Life Mark. I'm not sure if you've seen the television show This Is Us, but adoption plays a part in that show because in This Is Us, Randall is uh, a child, a black child adopted by a white family. And so we, throughout the show, you begin to understand his own understanding and perception of being adopted and what it means and for him and kind of the struggles he faced. And then um, Kate uh, and her husband, Toby, they wish to adopt a child. 
And so they end up adopting. They befriend the birth mother, walk with the birth mother for the first you know, nine months of pregnancy. But then it was really hard for that birth mother to give up that child. She had that connection. Obviously, the child was a part of her. And so holding the child and a little resistance maybe of wanting to do it, but eventually, you know, says, yes, I'll give this child for adoption. They were going to have this open relationship, but then she said, this is too hard for me. I can't do this. And and so one wonders by the end of season six, I'm almost there, uh, but by the end of season six, will there be a reunion or something like that? But that's probably one of the major platforms or major shows that brought adoption to the forefront of conversations in people's minds, I would say, is This Is Us, and now your story through life, Mark, has that same opportunity. Right, I agree. And you know, you're not the first person who's referenced that show. I have not seen it. Um, but I, I need to watch that. Yeah. So actually, to be honest, I I tried watching it a few years ago, and I would always fall asleep. I it, it was always going back and forth, and sometimes you read books like that. Actually, novels they'll have like you know you'll be. 20 years ahead, and then you go 20 years back. And and so that was kind of the model of it. And I didn't like it at first, but when I had COVID, I started watching the first season, and I just said, this is really good story writing. And uh, I was just very enthralled with the story and wanted to keep watching it. But yeah, a strong adoption presence in that show. But yeah, well, I'm so honored that you joined me today, David, to talk about your story of finding family. It wasn't about DNA, but yet their DNA is a part of you. And so I'm grateful to have this conversation and hope that others might go and see your story portrayed as a motion picture in the film Life Mark, September 9th. Absolutely. And please go see it opening weekend because the better it does opening weekend, the more likely it is to be extended and stay in theaters. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Well, thanks so much for your time today. All right. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's show on DNA Discoveries. I know that I covered a controversial topic today as it deals with the abortion issue. I hope what resonates with you is what David Scotton, who is the subject of the new film Life Mark, coming to the big screen, when he said that this is an adoption story. And I remarked that it just happens to include abortion in it. I hope that you'll stay tuned to DNA Discoveries as we continue to share these stories of finding family. I have many great stories lined up to share in the upcoming weeks. So I hope you'll stay subscribed. And please do me a favor. If you enjoy the podcast and what I'm doing, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, or whatever platform you listen on. And if you feel so compelled, share it with one of your friends. If you would like to be a guest on DNA Discoveries, I encourage you to email me at dnadiscoveriespodcast at gmail.com or find the page for DNA Discoveries, dnadiscoveries.fireside.fm, and there you can use the contact feature on the website. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you'll stay tuned to another episode of DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family.